how many men does it take to set up a Jenga? <laughs> Can we do it? We got it? Awesome. There we go. Close enough. There we go. That's exactly how I wanted it. Unstable. Give it up for Randy. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm going to do that in the next service, but I'll figure it out. Um, didn't think that through. Hey, so yeah, we're talking about um, the fight of our lives, and this is how Paul describes it in the book of Romans. He says, I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil's right there with me. And he's talking about in me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. He's, he's basically, and he goes on throughout chapter 7, and he describes this in more detail, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I do want to do, yeah, the, yeah, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. A anyway, it's just all very confusing that we have this inner battle within us. So in this, in this battlefield of life and in the fight of your life, your biggest enemy is you. And so we talked about last week that the battle, the, the biggest battlefield is for your mind. And today we're going to talk about the second most important battlefield, and that is for your mouth and, and the words that you say. And this is how Jesus described this and described us in Luke. He says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And, and my way of that, that is just so profound. Here's my way of summarizing that. Our words are windows into our minds, and our minds are windows into our hearts or our souls or who we really are. You know, what you say reveals what you think. What you think reveals who you really are. And so that's why we need to fight in the mind because ultimately it will come spilling out of our mouths and into our actions, what we think, as, as Jesus said there in Luke chapter 6. But then we got to fight on multiple fronts because we need to fight what comes out of our mouths as well. And there's, there's no passage of scripture that I know of that talks more about the mouth, more clearly about our mouths than, than a, in the letter section of the Bible, James chapter 3. And, and there's, there's a bunch there about, at the beginning, let not many of you be teachers, uh, brothers and sisters, knowing that we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's one of those pastor verses that are like, you know, uh, don't, you know, don't be quick to be a pastor or a teacher because, but here's what it says in verse three, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So I brought, I brought this and we're in Susquehanna County, so most people knew what this, met, what, what this did that I met. Some of you would be like, what is that? You know, you're not from around here. Um, no, but so this is a pretty severe uh, a bit. And it, this is amazing. I mean, it just weighs a couple ounces, but on a Clydesdale or some kind of draft horse, I would be able to, if I knew what I was doing... <laughs> I would be able to direct an animal that's 10 times, more than 10 times stronger than me and bigger than me, right? Just in, in just such a little, a little thing. And then he goes on, he says, or take ships, for example. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go, right? The tiller or the wheel, right? Or the helm, right? You can just move this enormous ship with this little tool. And he, he's talking about this, and he says, 
And, and then in the next couple of verses, he explains, I'm talking about our mouths and, and, and what we say and, and how the course of our lives is directed by what we say. If you think about it, how do you get a job? You get a job by putting words down on a page. It's called the resume. And then more importantly, you get a job by talking in an interview. That's how you get a job. How do you lose a job? Well, sometimes it's what you do, but many times it's what you say, right? And, and so our, our, our words can, can direct so much the course of our life. And so here's the first question I just want to um, challenge all of us with. And Jenga is bigger than I thought. Do I own my mouth or does it own me? Right? Am I, am I in control and intentionally guarding my words, because we talked last week about we all need to have this inner TSA agent, like, like at the airport, who says, that thought is not going any farther. That, 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 that is ejected, that is rejected. We are not taking that thought on board this flight, right? And we need to do that with our thoughts, and we need to do that with our words, too, and be like that, you know, because so many people, their, their mouths, all of us, honestly, our, all of us, our mouths get us in trouble. My mouth gets me in trouble. And uh, <laughs> Becky will be in the next service, and she will laugh in the next service when I say that as well, right? Our mouths get us in trouble so much. And, uh, you know, a little over a week ago, I was up in New York State visiting a man um, from our congregation who's in jail now. And um, I can't say this about most of the people I've met in jail, okay? But I would say this about this guy. He's a good guy. You're like, well, why is he in jail if he's a good guy? See, his problem is he just gets carried along in life. And he's, he, he would never rob a bank, but he's the kind of guy that would hang out with a guy who says, hey, I got I to pick something up on the way. Here, dr drop me off. And then jump in the car and go, 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 go. Like, he's that kind of guy. He just gets carried along. And, um, and that's why he's in jail right now, because he hangs out with people who aren't good people, and he just gets carried along, and he has a drink, and then he has another, and then he drives, and then he's with someone else, and then, you know, and, and, and so often... Our mouths do this to us. And, and we have to just stand up and say, like, no, no, I, I am not going to let my mouth just carry me along. In fact, James, he describes it like this. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil, among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire from hell. I mean, tell, me, tell us what you really think, James, about the tongue. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And thinking of how our tongues can get us into trouble and fire, I was reminded of, of the 2019 Austra Australian fires. So the 2019-2020 fire season in Australia were the largest fires in human history. 
Okay, well, maybe not in, human, in modern human history, so I don't know how far back that goes, but, but definitely in the last 100, 200 years, there have never been fires that we know of that were larger than those in Australia, 2019, 2020. They spent $4 billion trying to put out the fires. It caused over $100 billion in property damage, killed about 3 billion animals, only 33 people, because they're so big, most people could see them coming, and a lot of it was desolate, empty areas. Here's the amazing thing about the fires. They burned a square mile area. Australia is a lot bigger than I, I think it is. So it was only about 3 to 4% of the entire continent burned. But that's an area like the entire state of Pennsylvania being burned to the ground, and New York, and New Jersey, Delaware, and Maryland. Can you imagine if that section of the United States totally burned everything? That's the Australian fires of 2019. In fact, you could smell the smoke for, for months in Argentina, 6,800 miles away on the other side of the Pacific. I mean, they were so devastating. I can't think of anything else James could describe, used to describe the tongue, that would be more damaging and more deadly than a fire. And, and the thing about all of those fires, and it was several, I forget, it was five or six altogether that then converged and set, you know, but every single one of those fires, if you had one bucket of water and were at the right place at the right time, you could have stopped them all, right? They start in such a small area and then they just get out of control and our mouths are the same way. We say one little lie and then we got to cover up that lie and then, and, that, and then it all gets out of hand. Or we say one critical thing and then someone criticizes back and then, and then you say something else and then they say something else and pretty soon you're, you know, you got nuclear, you know, words going on and then it bleeds to blows and, and, and just words are so powerful. But you know what? They're not just powerful in the negative way. Like James is saying here, they're powerful in a positive way as well. In fact, the very beginning of the Bible, it's fascinating to me how God tells us he created the universe. Everything you see, all the stars in the sky, how did they all start? God spoke. He's not just trying to tell us something about how the world began. He's trying to tell us something about the power of our words to create and to give life and to take life. Literally, your words can get someone killed. And literally, your words can save someone's life, the right words at the right time. And so here, here is the question I want us to just mull through our minds and really have action plans as we leave. How, how am I going to use my words to, to build people up instead of tearing people down? And so James says this, he goes on, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth. So here's the problem. Our problem isn't that there's nobody here in this auditorium who uses your, you know, all of your words are bad. Right? Nobody is like that, at least here. <laughs> you know. but, but the problem is they're, they're good and bad. Right? They're both out of the same mouth, come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And the answer is no. In fact, interesting thing about Salt Springs State Park, 
I read uh, the, the Blackman, you know, history of Susquehanna County, read parts of it about Salt Springs. It was a local secret among Native Americans where that salt spring was. Because, of course, salt in this area was very valuable before commerce. And, you know, you could bring stuff in from the ocean. And so salt was rare and valuable. And so it was a well-kept guarded secret. And, and this one guy tried to find it. And he tried following the squaws to where it was. And he's like, they knew I was following them. And they just wandered around and led me on a goose chase. And, and couldn't find out where that, that spring was. Because salt springs are valuable. And fresh springs, a lot of you go to Bank Street if you don't, right on Bank Street, best water all over, like we drink it all the time, you know, great water, fresh water's great, salt water's great, but if you don't know if it'll be salt or fresh, it's no good. Nobody wants to like try salt water, well, nope, that was salt water, can't drink that. Nobody wants to spend all the time boiling what they think is salt water when it's fresh water to get salt. And this is the problem with our bowels. It is our inconsistency. If someone knew that every time they talked to you, you'd, you'd be negative and awful and they would just avoid you, right? But the problem is it's, it's good and bad. And so we got to really work on, on focusing our mouths to doing and saying the right thing. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? No. Can a grapevine bear figs? No. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And yet we have this problem with our mouths. So um, Charlotte Sherwood teaches uh, her high schoolers or junior hires this every year. And um, I, I actually, she has three questions that she encourages all of them to ask before they speak. And, and to think about your words in these ways. And so I took two and a half of her questions and have them here today. So the first two, is it true, is it good? This is essentially what we talked about last week about our minds, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And so not only should we do that with our minds, but we need to do that with our mouths, and is what I'm about to say true? No. Well, then don't say it. Is what I'm about to say good? There are some things that are true that are not good. Right? Don't say it. And then this last one, her question is, is it useful? I like the word helpful better. better. But that's the same idea, right? Is it going to be useful to someone, helpful to someone? And, and so a, a lot of times we're really aware of, of things like this, but sometimes it's difficult. In fact, the last Voyager we had, that's a, a Wednesday night children's program we have here up to fifth grade, and I was teaching at it, and I taught Proverbs 27.6, says this, um, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And they were totally grossed out at the second half. <laughs> like, ew, kisses, you know, oh, this is like a gross verse. And see, but, but, you know, explaining it, sometimes... People that are your enemies and that want to hurt you say what you want to hear, right? They flatter you, they butter you up, they manipulate you. But a, a real friend says what someone needs and not just what someone wants to hear, says what someone needs to hear. So here's an example of it. This is kind of a silly example, but, but the specific examples, I, I, I hope you can think of yourselves um, where sometimes you got to tell someone something they don't want to hear. You know what? You, you can't drink. You can't drink at all. 
Like, oh, it's not a problem. No, no, it is. It is. Right? Or, or, or something. That you, I don't know if you've noticed how you're talking to your child. Um, and I know you're frustrated. And definitely your child was in the wrong. But there's a different way of doing that. And you don't want to say that. You want to just say, oh, you are just such an awesome parent. You know, but so, so what if this morning as we were singing together, what if the person next to you, do not, do not look, <laughs> do not point right now. What if the person next to you, horrible singing voice, okay? Like could not sing to save their life, all right? Okay, so, so do you turn after the message is over and go, you know what? You can't sing. Like, should you do that? No. Why? Because, well, it's true, but it's not good and it's not helpful. But if after the service, this person turns to you and says, hey, guess what? They're, they're restarting American Idol and I'm going to go try out. <laughs> or they're, they're doing, Amer I got into America's Got Talent. They're doing a new season again and, and they let me in. And, and I'm going to be in front of, you know, isn't that exciting that I'm going to sing in front of, now, now you got to, now you got to be helpful, <laughs> right? And that's hard because you can't just laugh in their face and be like, ah, you stink. Like you have to figure out how do I communicate this in the right way at the right time. I mean, my sarcasm Actually, just this week, someone texted me and said, how do I answer this person, this difficult question, you know? And, and, and I had this really snarky response that I put down, and then I accidentally hit send. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Then I, I said, don't tell them that. Like, that, that is not, like, and then I sent a real response. And I was like, oh, I'm glad that she knows me, you know? <laughs> And I'm glad that wasn't the person, right? This was someone saying, how do I talk to my friend? And don't, not like this, okay? You know, um, but I don't have to practice sarcasm, right? I don't have to practice, none of us have to practice biting cruel comments and put-downs. But we do have to practice, I, I, you know, I, I pace sometimes just thinking, how do I say it? Like, how do I, okay, well, what if they say that? Oh, what, what if I... Right? And, and it takes a lot more effort to build something up than it does to tear something down. In fact, that's why this is up here, right? Um, you know, you, if, if you, uh, boy, this is, not, this is not set up right. <laughs> I can't take anything out. But this is not stable, even the way it is right now, right? This is, this is you can't see it maybe so good, but, but <laughs> that was not on purpose. But this is clearly not stable. Right? And so to fix it, though, I can't necessarily just rearrange the ones on top, right? To fix this, I got to start, I got to take it all down and start right at the bottom. Like I was talking to someone this week, I don't remember who, I have all these conversations, and, uh, but they were talking about they had a crack in their wall. So they hired someone to fix the crack in their wall, and he came out and he re-mudded it and put tape and looked, painted it again, looked beautiful. Three months later... The crack in the wall. Called another guy and didn't like the first guy, you know. Uh, called another guy out to fix their wall, and he comes out and he says, You don't have a problem with your wall. He's like, Yes, I do. There's a crack in the wall. And he said, What we all know, you know, your problem isn't your wall, your problem is your foundation. 
your foundation is shifting and you're going to have lots of, you know, you got to fix what's underneath, right? And so sometimes our words do need to be like a surgeon's scalpel. And again, anybody can, can kill someone, but it takes years of practice to learn how to use that scalpel in a way to save someone's life. And, and we need to, to just focus on our words in, in that way as, as well. Um, you know, great friends don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. Um, here's some statements that uh, will, uh, maybe have changed your life, maybe would change someone else's life. Will you marry me? That'll change your life. We had a young man in our congregation who uttered those words just a couple days ago. It's a girl. That'll change your life. I want a divorce. I'm sorry we're going to have to let you go. You're fired. There's nothing more we can do. It's cancer. I forgive you. You're dead to me. I will never speak to you again. No matter what you do, I will never stop loving you. There's a book that some guys, and I've been in a couple men's groups recently, and one of the books that we read for that, there's a story. The guy who writes it, man, he's an amazing guy, and he was a piece of work as a young man. He was in junior high. He stole someone's credit card, went on a shopping spree, got caught, got picked up by the police. And um, the subsequent conversation with his father changed his life. He said, my father came in, and I was ready. He said, I was ready for the, how could you be so stupid? You, you, this is not how I taught you, like all this kind of thing. Instead, his father sat down, looked him straight in the eye, and he said, no matter what you do, I will never stop loving you. And he said it just broke him and changed the direction of his life. I couldn't be more proud of you, right? Words and the power of words. There was a study done um, a few years ago. Uh, a university, a bunch of grad students uh, were, were conscripted for the study. They put a tape recorder on people's bodies, and they, they taped everything they said in a day. And they did this for weeks and weeks, and they did it for like a thousand people. And then they laboriously wrote down how many words everyone said. And they found that men spoke on average 16,000 words a day. And they found that women <laughs> spoke on average. It's a scientific study. 16,000 words a day. The same, the same. But what they did find was men were the outliers. The person who spoke the most words, 47,000 words. His name was Al. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. His name was Bob. Um, no, 47,000 words. He was a man. And the one who spoke the least amount of words, 700 words, Steve Henry. No, wasn't his name. The least 700 words was also a man. So men are outliers and women are kind of in the middle. But, but all that to say, we all have 16, well, more or less, 
maybe 16,000 words. And what if, what if you had 16,000 water bottles and there was someone who was dying of thirst? There's not a person in this room that we wouldn't give, not just one. We'd give them hundreds, especially if you knew, tomorrow I get 16,000 more water bottles. Right? Or someone's starving and you had 16,000 cans of food. I mean, you got tuna, you got applesauce, crazy stuff like canned asparagus. I mean, you would, you would give, like if someone's starving, you would give them if you had 16,000 cans of food. And the truth is, every single one of us is given thousands of words every day. And we just need it. This is a, this is a battle we are in for the souls of not just your own soul, but the souls of every single human being that's here. And, and we need to use our words as an incredible weapon, not to tear people down, but a weapon against Satan. He is the father of lies. He hates it when the truth is told. You know, as a weapon against, against the, 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 the other things that he uses like discouragement and depression and even pride to, to fight against these things. Let's use the words God's given us. As, as you leave at the doors, um, I, I, I'm hoping they'll, well, now they know. They're going to give you a Lego, okay? I was going to bring one of my kids' amazing Lego creations to show you, but I forgot. But, but Legos, like our words, very easy to tear apart a Lego creation, Right? I remember when, when Daniel was about four, Ryan was about 10, uh, Ryan had wonderful Lego creations, and, and we had to, like, you had to keep Daniel away, because he would just take them apart, and, you know, we would punish him, and, you know, but, and so any, anyone can tear apart, but it takes a plan, it takes effort to build, and so I, as you get this Lego on your way out, just be a little one get this Lego, what I want you to do with it is put it somewhere where you talk a lot. So maybe you tape it to your dashboard. If you got one of those hands-free things and you're always talking in the car, tape it to your dashboard. Or maybe it's in your kitchen. Or maybe it's at your workstation, wherever you work at. Or where, wherever you do a lot of talking. Maybe it's in the kitchen. I don't, I don't know. Tape it down to remind you all this week that I need to use my words given to me by God to build people up and not tear people down. Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, again for your words. Lord, I thank you for just the, the, the word of God showing us what's true. God, help us. Lord, this is a community with so many problems and so many needs and so many people who just need the right word at the right moment. God, help us to even be aware of, of those who are struggling around us so that we can speak life into people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's all stand together. We're gonna sing about God's healing, God's, God's the life that he wants to give us. Let's sing that together.
tongues can be a powerful thing. They can be used to sing beautiful praises to God or end lifelong friendships. As you go from here today, be thinking of who you need to fight for with your words, not fight against. Who you need to speak love and truth to. Who you might need to share the best news of all with, the gospel. Think of that person today. Pray about them. And then go and fight for them. Thank you so much for coming this morning. You are dismissed.